We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we will be recapping the recent World Series that just happened. Of course, the Dodgers won in six games, and this was an incredible World Series. I was hoping for a Game 7, but we didn't quite get that. But nonetheless, it was still a great series. So, Henry, let's get right into it. And I want to start off with talking about the ending to Game 4 in the World Series. And we have a group chat where we talk about sports, and our group chat was going off after uh, game four ended about what was going on and whose fault it was that the Dodgers lost this game. So to give you guys a little bit of a recap of what happened and in game four at the ending, the uh, Rays were down one run in the bottom of the ninth inning. And there was a ball hit to about right center. The center fielder comes up to try to make a play on it. He misses the ball or at least misfields it, misplays it, and the ball goes behind him. He gets the ball back, and a runner has already scored by this point as he's making the throw in, and the game-winning run is running around third, and he trips, and the, the ball comes in in time to make the play at home plate, but the ball gets past the catcher, and the Rays win the game, scoring the game winning run. That basically sums up the ending, but let's get into detail here. And of course, the the main reason why I think this game was even a loss for the Dodgers in the first place was because the misplayed ball out in right center by Chris Taylor, the center fielder at the time. And that was crucial because if he just made a good play on it, only the tying run would score. And I think they would have a pretty good chance in extras to seal that game and make the uh, series lead from two to one to three to one, which I think would have automatically won him the series. And at the time, this made the series two to two. So for all we knew at the time, we were thinking that the Rays would take all the momentum and most likely take the series with it. So this was absolutely crucial to the series, not being able to field the ball correctly in uh, right center. So that is mainly Chris Taylor's fault, I think, for this loss. But you also have to look at the details, too. Henry, you were making a really good point uh, after that happened about Kenley Jansen. I mean, all he had to do was to just seal the game by making sure he didn't put balls in spots he shouldn't be putting them. And yet again, he put one in a dangerous spot, and that's where the damage was done. That ball wouldn't have even been put in play if he just would have uh, hit his spots 
So you can put the fault on the pitcher, Kenley Jansen there. You can also put the fault on him for not backing up the throw to home. And maybe that run doesn't score if he's just there to back up uh, the bad throw. But keep in mind, who knows if that was even that bad of a throw by uh, first baseman and the cutoff man, Max Muncy. Because I would say the catcher, Will Smith, had a great chance to catch that ball and still make the tag. And that's where the fourth fault of this play comes in. Catcher Will Smith, Henry, I think it was obvious that he could have caught the ball and made a clean tag to get the runner in the game-winning run out at home plate. I believe he rushed it. But Henry, I just want to hear who you think is the main fault of this game for ending and loss for the Dodgers. You know, Andrew, I have two that you listed and there's one that you actually didn't list that I have a lot of blame on, and that is Dave Roberts. I mean, Kenley Jansen has a huge history of blowing big games in the ninth inning, and at that point, once one runner got on, I think there was no reason to keep him in, especially when you knew you had guys in the bullpen ready to come in who you had confidence in that would do their job. And as you saw, Kenley Jansen once again missed his spot and allowed a base hit to a guy who had two at-bats the entire postseason and was batting 200 throughout the entire regular season, Andrew. But the two other guys I want to blame are – or the one other guy I want to blame is Will Smith. I know you mentioned Chris Taylor – Obviously, I feel like he should have fielded that ball, but I think the tying run at that point would have already scored, and he already did. I think, obviously, if he fields that ball, maybe the whole play isn't as chaotic, but I think he did what he could and got the ball in as quick as he can after he botched the fielding part. Then he threw it into Max Muncy, who I don't know if he was in the correct spot, but he gave himself a good angle to make a good throw. The throw was a little offline, but Will Smith has has to stop that ball and you saw what uh Dave Roberts was thinking obviously after that game considering that Chris Taylor never played another inning of center field in that series and Will Smith didn't catch another game in that series so he obviously took a lot of blame for Will Smith and Chris Taylor and I think I have to agree with him with that with those two being the main two at fault and if Will Smith I mean I was definitely not a Will Smith hater at the beginning of right after when this happened. But when you keep watching the replay, I mean, he rushed the tag. He wasn't in the right spot. And if he realizes where the runner is at that point in time, he would have had plenty of time to settle himself, catch the ball. And he wouldn't even had had to tag him. He could have just ran him all the way down to third base and end the game at that point. Yeah. And Henry, going back to what we were talking about after the game, as a catcher, you have to know, just a little amount of things to do your job. And that is to be in the correct spot, to be aware of where the runners are at the time and to be able to catch the ball and make the tag. Will Smith failed to do any of those at the end of that game. He was in the wrong spot. He obviously didn't know where the runner was because he rushed the tag. And if he didn't know where the runner was, he would have seen that the runner actually tripped on on his way rounding third base. And he would be able to cleanly catch the ball and still have plenty of time to get the tag or at least cause a pickle or something that would uh, lead to most likely an out. And he did not, Will Smith did not do that, Henry. Will Smith rushed the tag and he didn't, and by doing that, he didn't give himself time to catch the ball. So I give uh, Will Smith most of the fault 
But also, you have to think about Chris Taylor. I mean, if he makes that play, the number one, the play wouldn't be as chaotic. Number two, I'm sure the runner would have scored the game-tying runner, but you never know. Maybe he makes a great throw to home and gets him. You just never know. But I'm sure, once again, he would have scored anyway. But still, if Kenley Jansen, if Chris Taylor makes the play cleanly and gets it in, Kenley Jansen has a chance to get out of that inning and go into extras, and I'm pretty sure with the Dodgers' uh, great batting lineup that they could have taken care of business in extras, and that would have made that a series lead from 2-1 to one to 3-1 to one instead of 2-1 to one to 2-2. Two two. Obviously, that changed the momentum of the series, and that didn't really affect the series at all with the Dodgers still winning. But you never know in that situation, and that's why you always have to make sure you're uh, fielding things cleanly and doing your job in part every second of the game. But Henry, let's move on to another segment of this World Series. And this was probably one of the biggest headlines of the series, but this was more prevalent after the series ended because Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner had to get taken out of the game because he was known, it was known that he tested positive for COVID-19 during the game. And of course the test was taken before, but the test results didn't come back until uh, during the game. So they had to remove him as soon as they found out. But the, the turn of this headline is, Justin Turner refused orders to uh, start quarantining and to stay away from the team after they won. And he went back onto the field to celebrate while having COVID-19, which I think was very irresponsible. But Henry, what do you think about this whole situation? And as of right now, Justin Turner hasn't been penalized uh, so far by the MLB, but I'm sure that will change in the near future. But what do you think about all this? You know, Andrew, originally the release information said that Justin Turner just went back onto the field. There was no information about how he refused not to. So originally I thought there was blame on the Dodgers organization as a whole, and they deserve to be the ones fine for allowing him to go back. But now when you hear the news that he refused to go back onto the field and the after the security guards told him to go home, which would have been the right decision to do or go back to the hotel and immediately get a flight home or get into a car and go home with his wife. Cause at that point, I think we can both agree. There's a very solid chance that she also has COVID-19 at this point, but we haven't received further information about that, but Justin Turner was totally in the wrong here. And I mean, he deserves to get heavily fined for this because he could cost many of these Dodger players, including Dave Roberts, the manager, even their lives for all we know, if they get seriously sick, because he was ignorant and decided to go back onto the field and celebrate. Obviously you heard uh, Corey Seager talking about it after he was interviewed for being the MVP of the world series. He seemed not to care, but you can't really go out on national TV and express that you think it was a totally wrong decision because you don't want to have internal, I mean, beef basically. Although Justin Turner is a free agent this year and they may never play another game together. I just think it was completely wrong on Justin Turner's, perspective and there was no reason even though this could be a once in a lifetime experience for him with the times that we live in there was absolutely zero exception for him to go back onto that field that night yeah Henry and I understand if I'm Justin Turner and winning the world series I mean this has to be something he's dreamed about since he was a little kid with it finally happen 
happening. Uh, there's no way you can refuse a chance to go out on the field and celebrate all your hard work paying off winning that World Series. But Henry, I have to say it was very irresponsible and I think a little selfish of him to go back out onto that field to celebrate with all of his teammates, coaches, staff, families, everything. He's putting all of them at risk. And you would think he'd be wearing a mask or at least keeping his distance. But he, we did see him wearing a mask. But Henry, we didn't really see him keeping his distance at all. And at some points, he did take his mask off, which was very irresponsible, I think, of him. And I saw a picture of him kissing his wife. I mean, they, these are just the things you can't be doing with COVID-19. And he did them. I think it was very, once again, very selfish of him to go out on the field and celebrate. And of course, we understand this is a once in a lifetime moment for him, but you just have to think about what's best for your team. And that, that wasn't it. And that, I don't think it was the right decision by Justin Turner. And I think he will be penalized by either the organization, the MLB, or even both. But Henry, let's move on to our next segment. And that is Blake Snell getting pulled by the Rays after he was dominating all of game six, putting them in a great position to go to a game seven. He gets pulled after about 70 pitches. And Henry, do you think this was the right decision? Because you have to think of the mindset. Maybe they're preserving him for an inning or two in game seven because they were in a pretty good spot and they were looking good. But of course, the bullpen ended up immediately blowing the game right after Snell was taken out. So do you think this was the right call to possibly preserve Snell's arm and to take him out, even though he was dealing against the Dodgers in game six? You know, Andrew, I don't think it was really about preserving his arm at that point. It is more analytics. And that happened to work for the Rays all year. I mean, the analytics and what Blake Snell had done all season proved that he should have been pulled at that point in time because he hadn't made it six innings all year. He had struggled in the sixth inning all year. And Kevin Cash probably knew and told Blake Snell before he went out that inning that if a runner gets on, that you're getting pulled, regardless of how many pitches that you've thrown. I mean, there's too much risk because we've seen what, what happens to you in the sixth inning. But what I don't agree with Kevin Cash is who he decided to put in and facing Mookie Betts, who had a above 400 on base percentage against righties throughout the entire year there was zero reason to put in a righty especially Nick Anderson who had allowed at least a run in every single outing he had pitched in the entire postseason that was a questionable decision for me but overall I think that it was probably the right decision maybe looking back at it you don't pull him but hindsight as we know is always 2020 and I think at the time it was definitely the right decision to pull him based on what the Rays had used all year long. Yeah, Henry, and I think game six, you have to treat this, if you were the Rays, with this being in a win-or-go-home game, you have to treat it like a game seven. And I don't think Kevin Cash did that. And obviously, you try to have Snell go as far as he can, but I don't think that Kevin Cash did that. I think Snell was pitching one of the best outings he's ever pitched in his life on the biggest stage, all the adrenaline is on his side and he comes out and takes him out. Maybe it was the right decision. I'm not saying it wasn't, but you at least have to put in someone more reliable than he did. He did not do that. The bullpen ended up blowing the game 
And I was thinking maybe you put in a starter, obviously not the uh, expected game seven starter, which would have been Charlie Morton, but maybe put in a starter, a more reliable pitcher that could maybe pitch an inning or two to make sure they seal this win. But Kevin Cash put in someone from the bullpen who was not reliable and that ended up biting them in the butt, Henry. And I can't say Kevin Cash really lost the game for them in game six because the, uh, their hitting was not acceptable at all for it to be an elimination game. But, Henry, I think you keep Snell in a little longer. But the, the, the decision to take him out, I wasn't that mad about. But the decision for who he went with from the bullpen was what I was most upset about by uh, Kevin Cash. Andrew, the Rays had used analytics and using their bullpen as specific matchups for certain hitters all season long. And I mean, you didn't, you saw everyone praising them for doing that all year long about how it works so well, having such a great bullpen, having so many guys who could come out and throw 98 plus after their starters came in and did their job for five, six, six innings every game, game, excuse me. I think that you have to do what's worked for you all season long, regardless of the situation, because if it's worked all season long, I mean, you can't go away from that in the biggest stage. And, you know, you hear about this only because they lost the game, obviously, but you really didn't hear about it all season long when it was working for them, how they were winning games, winning big games against the Yankees, Braves. I mean, they were the best team in the AL for a reason. And I think it was it would have been dumb to go away from what worked all year long, even no matter how good Blake Snell was pitching. Yeah, Henry, you always hear stick with your roots. And I think that's what uh, Kevin Cash did. And he went with his gut feeling and something that in a strategy that he was using all season. So might as well stick with it if it's gotten you this far. So I don't know if it was really the wrong decision for him to take Blake Snell out, but obviously it ended up hurting them and they lost the series because of it. But let's move on to our next segment. And that is, let's talk about Corey Seager's incredible series and playoff uh, performances. And he won MVP for a reason in both the NLCS and the World Series. He was playing incredible, Henry, and he was by far the, the unanimous choice, maybe you can make an argument for Kershaw, but he played, I think, the best out of any of those Dodgers players by a good margin, Henry, throughout the playoffs and in that World Series. You know, Andrew, there was a lot of talk about, obviously, Mookie Betts, considering how many spectacular catches, I mean, how clutch he was throughout the playoffs. But I, I don't think there was any way you could go away from Corey Seager, who hit 400 in the World Series, the biggest stage. And he hit 400. I mean, that's incredible for any MLB player to do it in the span of six games, no matter how great you are and who you're facing. I mean, there obviously was an argument for Kershaw, but I don't think he went long enough into games. And I, you really don't see pitchers winning the MVP in the World Series. So I think Corey Seager was definitely by far the most deserving player of the World Series MVP, Andrew. Henry, and as you mentioned, hitting 400 for your batting average in the World Series is an incredible feat, especially against 
arguably the best starting uh, pitching rotation in the Major League Baseball. So, Henry, this was an incredible playoff run and World Series uh, performance by Corey Seager in the NLCS MVP and the World Series MVP was well-deserved on his end. But let's move on to our final topic of this podcast. And we have to talk about what I think the future Hall of Famer himself, Clayton Kershaw getting his first ring in Henry. This was long deserved on Kershaw's end. This man has been fighting for a playoff uh, performances that he's been giving us this recent playoffs. I mean, year after year, he tends to blow games in the playoffs. People are starting to know him as more of a regular season pitcher, not really a playoff guy. But this year, he stepped it up and he won his first ring. And we've been waiting for this moment that Clayton Kershaw finally gets it. And he finally does this year. What do you have to say about his playoff performances throughout uh, this playoffs? Andrew, for a guy who considered him, not he didn't consider himself this, but a lot of people considered the GOAT pitcher in baseball history. I think there was no way that you could have him in that status without having a World Series ring at some point. And he was able to get it. He was one of the main reasons they got there. I mean, he had a 2.93 ERA throughout the entire playoffs. And I mean, I'm just, I'm happy for him. I wanted the race to win. I'll be completely honest, but for a guy who deserved it as much as him, I'm very happy for him. And especially how well he pitched throughout the entire playoffs, Andrew. Yeah, Henry. And as you mentioned, it's not like Clayton Kershaw was carried to a ring. I mean, this was mostly because of his performances throughout the playoffs. And for a guy who was known to blow leads in the playoffs, it's great to see Clayton Kershaw get back to his normal form and actually perform in the playoffs. Henry, we all knew Clayton Kershaw had it, and it's great to finally see him show it at the biggest stage and at the biggest games of his career, Henry. Clayton Kershaw finally pulled through in the playoffs, and it's just incredible to see him win a ring because we all know he really deserved it, and he's had an incredible career. And this, I think, puts a cherry on top of it. Of course, he still has a lot left, and and I'm – more than excited to see than what he can do in the future. But Henry, I think this was a great ending to the season that uh, was played this year with Clayton Kershaw getting his first ring and the Dodgers wrapping it up and getting that ring, Henry. And of course, this season wasn't exactly ideal and we didn't really plan how it was supposed to be played. But I think we can both agree we're more than happy with how this season was played out and how the season ended. I think this was an incredible season with many of eventful things that happened in it. And I am very ecstatic to see how this uh, uh, MLB season played out, excuse me. And I am just so happy to see Clayton Kershaw get his first ring because Henry, I think you and I can both agree that he deserved this more than almost anyone else in the major league baseball. But Henry, that's all I have to say about uh, this World Series. So do you have anything else to add? Andrew, I do not have anything else to add about uh, the MLB playoffs as a whole, the World Series. But look out, guys, for our free agency predictions. That I don't, I don't know when it will be posted, but we will definitely be giving our free agency predictions because there's a lot of big free agents this offseason. We're definitely looking forward to 
looking at where they could sign. But with that, I think that this would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Day Sports Podcast.